Pass First Point Guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen every day. Free on all platforms, five days a week, the only daily Trailblazers podcast. Start your day every day. Listening to Locked on Blazers, make your first listen. It's your team every day. Today's show... We're loading up the optimism cannon, and I'm coming with four reasons to be optimistic, real-life optimistic, about the Portland Trailblazers. If you listen to yesterday's show, coming off a ugly, kind of disheartening, for me, loss to the Sacramento Kings, I kind of laid out my feelings about where this team's at, and I was pessimistic. And I'm a naturally pessimistic person. That's kind of just the, the realm that I operate in, uh, particularly as a sports fan. I'm a naturally pessimistic sports fan. It's, it's, it's the, maybe it's a safety net, call it what it is, or call it what you want. Like, I'm a naturally pessimistic person. So yesterday's show was filled with some pessimism because I, I am legitimately a little concerned about where the Blazers are. I pledge this year to pay more attention to the exhibition season, the preseason, because I think it has had more sort of predictive value when you watch what the product they're putting out on the court then I would have maybe given given it given you know emphasis on it in the years past. And they've looked bad in preseason, but I am countering my own nature and offering you real reasons for optimism. That's what we're going to do in today's show. Four real reasons to be optimistic about this team's chances for success. I want to define success real quick. I'm talking about being a competitive playoff team. I don't think this team is currently constructed, can compete for a championship this season. They don't think that either internally. So it's... it. I'm talking about a team that could get into the playoffs and you could talk yourselves into them winning a playoff series, being a, you know, being a really tough out in the first round. To me, that's a successful season, right? If they're, if they lose in seven in the first round to a team that's just a little better than them, you know, the West is going to be really good. Some good teams, uh, you know, there's, there's going to be six excellent teams in the West this year. Two of them are not going to make the second round of the playoffs. If the Blazers are one of those teams, that is success. So when we're talking about chances for success, that's the sort of realistic level I'm setting it at. With that said, here are my reasons that you should be optimistic. And the absolutely the first one is one that many of you sent me after um, and mentioned after after the loss to the Sacramento Kings on Sunday was that it's early. Like it's, it is early in this experiment. The Blazers have played three preseason games plus a fourth exhibition game where they didn't play their regulars against Maccabi Ra'anana. A game against the Clippers where they looked pretty good, honestly, in the first in the first half and and um you know and then and but it was you know game one of the preseason, so I thought they were a little rusty in the first quarter and then found their stride. They looked bad against the Jazz, but it was the second night of a back-to-back after traveling from Seattle, second night of a back-to-back in preseason, second preseason game, all of these things. Like, yes. And then on Sunday, they they looked they didn't look good against the the Kings. But that was game three of a preseason schedule. We're talking seven months of basketball. It is so dang early in the process. In addition, this is a brand new team. And whereas the last two seasons, I was a little, I was saying like coming out of preseason, or I learned maybe coming out of preseason to like trust what you see. When you see with your eyeballs, trust what you see. That team had continuity on its side. That team was familiar with each other, with familiar parts, uh, for the most part running it back from the previous seasons, like if not everyone in the rotation, the majority of the rotation absolutely just running it back with the same group uh, the first year with the same coach, then with a new coach, but still like running back mostly the same group, uh, you know, at, did Larry, the addition of Larry Nance throw a wrench in it? Like was he enough newness to like ruin the continuity? Not for me last year at all. 
And that's why last year I probably put more, I should have put, and I maybe learned to put more weight on it, weight on them struggling preseason than, than I had in the past. This year, they do not have that continuity. They do not have that familiarity. This is a brand new team, particularly when you talk about them playing alongside Damian Lillard. And for all of Dame's excellence, he wants to play the way he wants to play. He wants to dribble, he wants to run pick and rolls, and he wants to you know, drive left and spray out passes when defenses help. He's good at it. We'll talk about him more later in the show, but like... You would like with every team you adjust with the way the star player wants to do things, the way the coach wants to do things, the way that it all works. And these guys just haven't really played with Damian Lillard. Jeremy Grant zero minutes prior to this exhibition season. You know you can call Team USA, but it's not this, and it's not Dame's team when it's Team USA. Josh Hart never played 13 games for the Blazers last year, zero minutes alongside Damian Lillard. In fact, Josh Hart just played 140 minutes next to Anthony Simons. This is brand new, him trying to play with both backcourt members individually, much less collectively. Josh Hart hasn't really had much time to gel with those gentlemen out on the court. Anthony Simons has played just shy of 1,600 minutes of about career 4,400 minutes next to Dame. is 36% of his career minutes. That's if you include the postseason games as well in, in both of their careers. Uh, that's like a role player's number of minutes in a whole season across four years, including the playoffs. That's just not a lot of time. About a third of Anthony Simon's minutes have come next to Dame. Or the other way you could think about it is that two thirds of his minutes have come with Dame off of the court. He just doesn't have the familiarity with him. Dame and Nurk have played a ton of minutes together and they're familiar with one another, but pretty much everyone else in the rotation, throw in Josh Hart, throw in, or excuse me, throw in Nazir Little, throw in Justice Winslow, who hasn't played with Dame ever, throw in Gary Payton, who hasn't played with, it, with Dame ever. Uh, Nasir Little's talking just over a thousand minutes next to Damian Lord in his career. It is really brand new for this group. So you, if you are being optimistic, and I think a real reason to be optimistic is this team is still learning each other. They're still figuring it out. Uh, they've the way like realistically by game twenty five or thirty in the NBA, you know who's good and who's not good. It doesn't with, with the with the advent of the play in and all of those things and and certainly some teams fall rise and fall in the middle of the seasons, um, you know like I think after thirty games a couple of years ago the Lakers were the best team in the NBA and ended up being the seven seed like it's it 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 happens for sure so it's not like if if you're not there by game twenty you're not in but like by game thirty you typically know who's good and who's bad it's it's, it's typically established in the league. I'm not saying wait till game thirty to evaluate the Blazers. What I'm saying is they have a little bit of time to figure this out. And if we're being optimistic about their chances, what they've played in three exhibition games does not define what they will do in 82 regular season games and beyond if they get there. What it suggests is that right now they've got a ways to go. But if you look at the reality of the roster, of course they got a long way to go. They don't know each other that well. And the group that's playing together, like the group of Damian Lord, Anthony Simons, Josh Hart, Jeremy Grant, and, and Yusuf Nurkic, that group, the Blazers' five best players, they're going to play a bunch of minutes together, have basically no familiarity playing with one another except for, you know, Ant and Nurk and Damon Nurk. But even that trio has played very limited minutes together if you're talking about the Blazers' incumbent players from last year. Josh Hart and, and Jeremy Grant are brand new to this. This is all brand new. One of the real reasons for optimism is it's three dang preseason games. They've got time to figure it out. Now, you got you want to hit the ground running and be ready to go. You don't want an incubation period to kind of like get everyone up to speed. But it is a reality of the team that if you're optimistic about their chances in, in March and April, 
what they do in October will not define what happens in March. It's just, it's just five months into the future, and it's a lot of basketball away. That's not even talking about potential roster changes or anything like that. That's just assuming this group gets on the court and gets to play together. There's reason to believe they can be better together with more familiarity. I got more reasons for optimism, including someone we haven't seen on the court yet. Gary Payton II was brought here to be a game changer. Let's talk about him in the second segment. But first, let me tell you about Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. Like, the best that there is. I have long been a fan of Bilt Bar. I've been eating them for two, three, maybe even four years now as, as, as a member of this beloved network. I love the cookies and cream flavor. I love the peanut butter brownie flavor, but you're going to find whatever you like if you go to Bilt.com, including a whole line of puff flavors, these wonderful marshmallowy flavors that are still packing a punch. We're talking on average 17 grams of protein and just four net carbs. So go get yourself some. Use a promo code LOCKEDON15. Get 15% off your next order at Built.com. That's LOCKEDON15 for 15% at Built.com. All right. I got the optimism cannon loaded up. I am believing in this Blazer team or choosing optimism today to believe in this Blazer team. We talked about how new this group is. There's a new part we haven't even seen yet. Gary Payton II has not played in preseason as he recovers from a core injury, from an abdominal surgery to repair, to address, I should say, a core injury. And Gary Payton was brought in here to be the type of defensive answer the Blazers need. Their defense has not looked good in, in, in preseason, let's be clear. But they're also missing one of the players who figures to be one of their most impactful defenders. One of their best wing defenders they've had since Wesley Matthews. One of the best wing defenders in the league. In fact, if if uh, Peyton had played another 300 minutes during the regular season, he would have been the league's leader in steal percentage. The steal percentage was 3.8%, which would have been tops the top mark in the league in steal percentage. And but he didn't quite qualify the based on the way league leaders. He's you know whatever two two or three hundred minutes short of qualifying for the league leaders that means if like if Payne just gets on the court more and plays at this at a similar defensive level in terms of causing turnovers you know getting steals you're talking like the best theft man in the league uh, he grades out according to cleaning the glass among among combo guards as 99th percentile in in steals and 100th percentile in blocks he's as good as they get at defensive playmaking at his position he would have led everyone in the league in steal percentage his block percentage he would have been one of 15 players in the NBA to have a steal percentage over three and a block percentage over one. There just aren't many dudes who are making plays. That's a percentage of defensive possessions that you end with a steal or a block. There's just not that many dudes that are pushing up 5% of defensive possessions with a steal or a block. He is a, he is one of the, absolutely one of the best defensive playmakers in the league. He can guard up a couple positions. He can guard, you can put him on tough ball handlers at, you know, up to a certain size, probably not like, 40 minutes on LeBron James, but up to a certain size of, you know, 6'4", 6'5", and say, Devin Booker's coming to town, we have someone to guard him, and they've been missing that. That is exactly the reason you give Gary Payton II the full mid-level exception. It's why you hard cap the team. You make this, you make a real financial decision. Okay, we are going to lose some of our beloved flexibility we have to improve the roster because we don't think there's an opportunity to get someone this good in the future. There's a reason for optimism. It's that Gary Payton II has not stepped on the floor. 
Portland has been a bottom three team on defense each of the last five seasons in the league. It's been a minute since they were good, like good and not like truly, truly bad on defense. They've struggled. No doubt about it. No doubt. I said five. I meant four seasons. I apologize. They've struggled. They have not been good. Gary Payton was supposed to be one of the answers. And with defense, I think in general, it's a cascading effect. It's not like Payton is the answer, but it starts to it starts to cascade down. Okay, Gary Payton is really is really becoming a problem here. So we need to go somewhere else. You know, with the 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 opposing team says we need to go somewhere else. We need to get away from this matchup. Well, if you if you can take away a matchup or make one matchup a disadvantage, it allows your lesser defenders to have less responsibility. It allows it's you're not even hiding them necessarily. They might even still get hunted in the actions, but it it takes away options from your team. And a good defender props up other good defenders. Jeremy Grant's going to look like a better defensive player when he's got Gary Payton back there too. Yusuf Nurkic is a great interior defender. He struggles on the perimeter. Add a better perimeter defender in front of Yusuf Nurkic, his strengths around the rim will be highlighted. He doesn't have to he doesn't have to cover up other mistakes if there's one less person out there making mistakes. It also just allows the Blazers to say, "Hey, let's put out a really good defensive lineup." Something they have not been able to do in a while, but imagine something to the effect of Dame, Gary Payton, Justice Winslow, Jeremy Grant, Yusuf Nurkic, or imagine something to the effect of of a full bench lineup of Josh Hart, Gary Payton, Justice Winslow, Nazir Little, and uh, and Yusuf Nurkic. They they or uh, or if they want to go small, they can stay with Grant in there. Like they have more options to be more disruptive in more ways. And the cascading impact of adding a plus defender to this lineup is a reason to be legitimately optimistic. You do not give someone the money that they gave him to not be, if you don't believe he can be an impact player. He's going to play a bunch, he's going to get tough assignments, and he's going to help hide some of the defensive deficiencies. If you cast Josh Hart as your number one wing stopper in a lineup, it can be a problem. If you cast Josh Hart as your other help defender on the on the on the opposite side, when you have Jeremy Grant guarding the best wing and and Gary Payton guarding the best ball handler, and then Josh Hart roaming as another player and Yusuf Nurkic protecting the rim, all of a sudden you've got plus defenders. You might even have an above average defense for significant minutes of the game. Something the Blazers just have not been able to brag about for a while. Gary Payton is a legitimate reason for optimism. Even as a low-minute player, you're putting someone out there who has graded out as one of the best just defensive playmakers, a guy who can get steals and get a team out into transition. That helps your defense. That gets you easy buckets on the other end. You know, adding a, a, a Blazers team that can truly run because they get more steals. One of the reasons they haven't run in the past, they just don't get a lot of steals. Um, this is an impact player who we haven't seen. So all of the judgments that maybe one particular podcaster who's currently wearing a blue shirt on the YouTube channel was a little bit worried about in yesterday's program, well, that can easily go out the window by upgrading who plays. The most important thing a coach does is put good players on the floor, and if you have more good players to put on the floor, you can look like a better basketball team. Be optimistic about what for my money, about what Gary Payton could potentially bring to the team because he he looks like someone who can help, and we just haven't seen him. And if he can help, it makes everyone else's job so much easier. I got two more reasons for optimism. 
youngsters and a real darn solid veteran, like a Hall of Fame type veteran. You might have heard of him. Let's talk about all of those in the third segment. But first, I want to tell you about Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. I've played Prize Picks. I use the app, but you can also go to prizepicks.com and check it out. And here's how it works you pick two to five players. And then based on their projections, whether they land above or below the projected line for things like points, rebounds, assists, uh, blocks, steals, you'll find it all there if you're betting on NBA folks or making NBA projections. And you're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the prize picks projections. And if you don't want to do the NBA, they got NFL, they will have MLB during the playoffs, NHL when they get going, college football, uh, college basketball season when you start, soccer, anything you're looking for, you're going to find it. You can make an entry in just 60 seconds. And then you can get your money quickly too with safe and fast withdrawals. It's available here in Oregon. It's also available in 30 other states as well as Canada. So why don't you go to prizepicks.com or download the app right now to sign up for Daily Fantasy Sports. And if you're a first-time user, you can receive a 100% instant deposit on a match, uh, instant deposit match on up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on it sign up for an instant deposit match of up to a hundred bucks still a pass first point guard i'm still mike richmond and you are still listening to locked on blazers i got two more reasons loaded up in the optimism cannon let's let's fire that bad boy shall we the next reason for optimism is the blazers have some promising youngsters in, in the back half of the rotation the back half of the bench Keon Johnson has been a revelation. Keon Johnson was a bad NBA basketball player last year. Bad. Not, not anything other than that. He was bad. He was a he was struggled. You know what he's been this year? A straight-up NBA player. He has taken the taken a massive leap from when you just think about where he was in April of last season to October. If you think that like Keon is going to play on opening night. Uh, if GP is not healthy, Keon is in the rotation and going to play. And he's been effective in preseason. He's been pretty good. Uh, like, I'm not worried about the Keon minutes because his athleticism, his interest in defense, he's shown some better playmaking chops. Um, he can shoot a little bit. His decision-making has been better. Like, he's taken a leap. Second-year leapage, as they say, to quote my man La Murray of The Athletic. He's taken a leap. If you're being optimistic about the Blazers, it's that they have a young guy who has improved so drastically in the last eight months that if he takes a similar leap over the next eight months, he's going to be a darn good basketball player. And guess what? He's young enough at just, his, at just 20 and not turning 21 till the spring that he could easily improve that significant amount. He was a raw project coming into the league that looked like it, and now he looks like he could be a steady contributor to the back half of the rotation. If you are optimistic about the Trailblazers, Keon Johnson absolutely has to be on your list because he can help, he can play. Keon's pretty good. Like the, 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 One of the real reasons for optimism is that a guy who seemed like Quite frankly, I probably did a season preview where I said Keon wasn't going to play. And still, if the team's whole, he's still going to, it's going to be scrappy for him to get minutes regardless. But like, he has shown that he he's earned at least a shot early in the season to get some playing time, to be a contributor, to see what he can do when the, when, you know, you're playing against starter level players with consistency or NBA rotation level players with consistency. Like, Keon has taken a massive jump. We saw it in, we saw it in Summer League where he had t- clearly taken a step forward. He continued to, 
to has continued to do that in the preseason. Damon Lord said at media day that from last year to this year, no one has improved more than Keon Johnson. And quite frankly, from what I would see, what I've seen, I absolutely have to agree. Keon has been really good. And if you're optimistic about the Blazers' chances, the biggest place they're going to get better is internal improvements. Like they can, you know, they've Joe Cronin has talked about making trades and the team being unfinished and all of those things. But trades take two to tango. Trades take assets. Trade take money balancing and all of those things. Like those are harder, harder to get them right and and to to make it to make it all fit. The best way for a team like the Trailblazers to get better is internal improvements. And Keon Johnson has been the biggest internal improver on the roster. If you are optimistic about this team, you are optimistic about Keon Johnson. And quite frankly, you should be because he's 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 earned your optimism. In that same vein, there's reason to be very optimistic about what Shaden Sharp can do. Uh, I probably, you know, just like based on what we've seen, I don't think he's going to play as a, a major role early in the season. But if you're optimistic about the long-term development of this team, Sharp is, you know, the seventh overall pick with real upside who, when we saw him play against lower-level competition, the preseason looked so good and fluid. He just needs reps. If he can get there, he has a chance to be a, a serious contributor into the future. Whether that future is 2023 or, or, you know, the beginning of next season remains to be seen. But if you're optimistic about the Blazers, you just can't do this show without mentioning Shaden Sharp. The last reason, and the real, real reason to be optimistic about the Blazers, it's Damian Lamont Ollie Lillard Sr. Father of three, Lake Oswego resident, <laughs> budding rap career, five studio albums with another on the way. It might be four. I don't know how soon he outs. Regardless, Stu's a Hall of Famer. Damon Lord is one of the best basketball players that has ever played for the Portland Trailblazers. He's not the best basketball player that's ever played for the franchise. He's one of the best point guards in the history of the game, one of the best shooters in the history of basketball. He's 32 years old. He had a down year last year where he was injured. He played 29 games, not up to the level that we are accustomed to watching him play, and then he sat out the second half of the season. I don't think Damon Lord is widely considered, like, fallen off around the league but I do think in general there is a perception that you know maybe father time has caught up caught up caught up excuse me with with Dame and let me tell you this if you're optimistic about Damian Lillard you just watch Steph Curry at 34 years old be pretty darn good at basketball the way the league works now point guards who can really shoot it guards who can really shoot it and to particularly star guards that's who you know extends their longevity look at like hall of famer types the chris paul and this and the steph curry's before him they continue into their 30s being elite basketball players perhaps different than they were in the past and i don't think dame's at that level where you have to talk about like oh it's so physically different for him i do not think that i just think this he's an all-star level player He's a Hall of Fame level player. And if you're optimistic about the Portland Trailblazers, that you think Damon Lord is just as good as he was the last time he was healthy. And I think that is a totally reasonable thing to think that Dame is averaging something like 28 points and seven rebounds. He has consistently made the Blazers players around him better, either by virtue of improving as a playmaker pretty much every year of his career, or just by being a terrifying proposition for other players to have other teams to have to guard. If you're optimistic about the Trailblazers, you're optimistic about Damian Lamont Ollie Lillard Sr. This isn't even, this, this, you know, the reason I didn't lead with Dame 
is because it's not a hot take to say you should be optimistic about the Blazers because their best player is still their best player. But I think sometimes when we get caught up in, oh, this doesn't work and this doesn't work, Dean didn't play well on Sunday night against the Kings. He's going to have some stinkers this year. That's how basketball works. But if you, over the course of 82 games, you are banking on Damian Lillard being the best player on the court something like 65 times or more because that's how good he can be is that on so many nights, there is no one better. He can His highs are higher than anyone else's. The level he can touch is better and more effective than anyone else's. If you're optimistic about the Portland Trailblazers, you're optimistic about Dame. And quite frankly, I'm optimistic about Dame being back to the level. Do I think Dame's going to have, like, let me be clear. Do I think Dame's going to have the best year of his career at 32? No, I don't. I mean, it's just unlikely. A few players followed that path. Do I think Damon Lord is going to have a year very, very similar to when he was 30 years old and, you know, was putting up 55 and 10 in the playoffs and had, you know, a, a missed dunk and a step out of bounds away from having just an, an all-time great performance to come back and beat the Denver Nuggets, a, t- a guy that got his team in that position? Yeah, yes, I think that Damon Lord is just chilling. I think that Damon Lord is at, at home probably watching boxing right now. I don't know if there's a match on when I'm recording this on Monday evening, but my man loves boxing. Maybe he's watching YouTube videos. I'm optimistic about the Blazers' chances because teams are good in two ways. They're good because of depth, and they're good because of their top-tier talent. I don't think the Blazers have the depth to tout that that's going to be the reason that they get where they want to go. But Damian Lord is still in that top tier. He is still one of the best players in the league, and I have faith in him performing at that level pretty much every night and carrying the Blazers along with him. He's done it a bunch. I'm, I am confident I will get to watch him do it again. If you're confident about the Blazers, you're confident about Dame, confident about Keon, you're confident about the addition of Gary Payton II, and you, and you know that it's only been just three preseason games and we are so darn early in this process. That's reasons to be optimistic. Real reasons for optimism heading into the season. So if you listen to yesterday's show and you said, damn, this dude's a hater. Remember that I can find it for you. I can load up that optimism cannon and shoot it into the crowd like, oh, so many (laughs) t-shirts. That's the cannon I'm imagining, by the way, is the t-shirt cannon. That's what what the optimism cannon looks like. Thanks for listening to today's show. We got more fun shows later this week. We'll talk the Blazers' final preseason game. We got over-unders coming in the future, and we'll do a full season preview, our final season preview of Damian Lamont, Ollie Lillard, to close the week. Come back for all of those shows. It'll be a whole bunch of fun. And tell your friends to do the same. How about you make it your first listen every day? Tell your friends to make it their first listen. Then by the time he gets a lunch, you'll have something to chat about. Free on all platforms, five days a week. Check it out. It's your team every day. Second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd. You're just going to do better at fantasy basketball if you listen to Josh. Dude is a wealth of knowledge and nobody's doing it better. Check that out. Available on all platforms or wherever you get podcasts. I mean, also YouTube is what I wanted to plug as well. Josh is killing it over on his YouTube channel. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.